for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Check it out at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for uh, salespeople, small business owners, business leaders, uh, really, you know, anybody who's doing anything uh, in the business realm. And that is really because of the guests who uh, join me to share their expertise with all of you. That way you can get what you need and do better things in your business. Uh, today is no different. My guest today is Victoria Lyosniansky. Did I get that right? Victoria? You got it right. <laughs> 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 Victoria and I were just talking about how that was going to go before we started recording. So, okay. Uh, Victoria teaches introverted entrepreneurs and business professionals how to overcome their fear of public speaking and become confident, compelling, captivating speakers. After moving to the U.S. two decades ago with limited English, Victoria overcame her crippling fear of public speaking to build several businesses, teach in a variety of industries, and speak in front of small and large audiences. She appeared on Fox News and has been featured in numerous publications, including CBS Houston and Biz West Media. Thanks so much for joining me today, Victoria. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, Diane. I am thrilled to have you here. Uh, public speaking is um, such an interesting topic because uh, so I think it's like the one thing that most people can agree they don't necessarily want to do. Absolutely. I think we all have that in common. Um, and I know you are a speaker, and so it's very interesting for me to hear your perspective on what I'm going to be talking about today. But yes, absolutely everybody, I think, is to some extent 
feels uncomfortable with public speaking yeah. and most people yeah. are really scared. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. So do you think, is it a natural talent that um, we all have um, or that some of us have and some of us just don't and aren't ever going to be able to get? You know, this is such a good question because I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions, the biggest myth, the biggest mistake that a lot of people are making is allowing themselves to think that, oh, it's just a talent and I clearly don't have it, which means I'll never be good at it, so I don't need to even bother. And that is such a huge, we're, we're doing such a huge disservice to ourselves when we think those thoughts because public speaking is not a talent. It is not. It's just a skill. And like any skill, it can be learned, it can be taught, it can be internalized, it can be practiced. You know, there, are, there is a difference between a talent and a skill. Talent really is something we are born with and we, we're either good at it or we can become a lot bad at it, but we'll never be really amazing because you either have talent or not. And what comes to mind, particularly to me, because I am absolutely not musical, is having a perfect pitch right ah yeah you know right. you have a, if you have a perfect pitch you're born with it it's not something that you learned like i yeah. don't i can learn to play piano i can be amazing at piano if i really put my mind to it because piano doesn't require a perfect pitch and so you know you learn the where you put your fingers right but i could right. never learn to play a violin because wow. that's by ear and my ear is not trained and it will never be because it's it's a pitch that you either have or don't that's a talent that's how i see a real talent now with public speaking i was one of those people who thought it's a talent and i don't have it because i was terrified absolutely terrified growing up and just like everybody else i said well because it's a talent i don't need to worry about it i don't have it but what I learned, and I'm very grateful that I learned that early on, is that if you, it's a skill, and if you really put your mind to it, you can become amazing at it, like in any skill that you've taken on in your life, right? So that's really my take on it, and that's what I tell my students, that's what I tell anybody who would listen, <laughs> because <laughs> the truth is, if you set your mind that public speaking is a talent and I'll never be good at it, then you really won't. You know how it yeah. works. Whatever we tell yeah. ourselves, we believe in. And yeah. it will prevent you from doing so many amazing things in your life. And it will also prevent you from sharing something that somebody probably needs to hear and you are so scared of speaking that you never share it and you may be mm. doing not just disservice to yourself, but now you're doing a disservice to a lot of other people, right? That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but, but that's a really good point. There's a lot of information that people have that is valuable to other people if they could get over the fear and, and think about the value. Maybe. Right. And Diane, like even giving you as an example, right? And I'm sorry that I'm giving you as an example, but we're going to use you <laughs> as an example. If you were so terrified of being in front of an audience, so terrified of speaking into a microphone, and you told yourself, 
that you know what I'm I'm I, I really don't need this in my life. I, I'm so scared. I don't need this stressful thing. I don't have a talent for it. I'll never be good at it. And you did not start your podcast. Can you imagine how many people would not have received inspiration and motivation and knowledge and expertise that they have? Because you made that choice to step forward and say, I'm just going to do it. And same with, you know, you speaking and everything else, writing, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. We can choose to hide behind the computer. We can choose to hide behind our insecurities. Or we can step forward knowing that we can learn. This is something that we can learn. And we will get a lot, a lot, a lot better at it. Yeah. Um, so along those lines, Talk to me some about introverts. Can they really become great public speakers, do you think? I really believe in this because I am myself an introvert. I don't know if you identify as an introvert, but um, I am very much an introvert. And I think there is a lot of confusion on who an introvert is and who it isn't. A lot of people say, oh, I'm an extrovert. And then I would ask them some questions and they would be like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that I was a social introvert. So uh. to me, a lot of people believe that if you are shy, then you are an introvert. Or if mm -hmm. you don't want to talk in front of a big audience, you are an introvert, which is totally not true. I love speaking in front of people. Well, now I do. <laughs> now I, 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 was, I used to not to big time and I'm not shy I'm very social but but here is what who an introvert really is you have to look at yourself and say hey do I recharge when I speak in front of people does it make me feel more energetic do I really get recharged when I am out and about in a social situation or when I'm networking to these people or when I'm meeting new people? Does it get me recharged or does it drain my internal batteries? And if you look at that from that perspective, if you're an introvert, you will know that, oh, well, whenever I'm meeting a lot of new people, I, you know, I can be social and everything, but I get really, really, really tired, really drained, and I really need to go and be by myself to recharge. And if that's what you do, then you're definitely an introvert. Whereas an extrovert is the opposite. Extroverts recharge when they talk to people and they get drained when they're by themselves. So, so I wanted to get that out of the way because it's that's important great. to know who an introvert actually is. And so if you look at it this way, a lot of introverts are actually amazing public speakers and we wouldn't even know it that they're introverts because they're out there, they're speaking. In fact, I like to give this example a lot. One of the biggest introverts out there used to be Elvis Presley. Can you imagine that? The guy would no. go in front of those audiences and entertain millions of people and be out constantly facing the audience. But not only he was a massive introvert, one of the most introverted people, he had a really huge stage fright. 
How wow. interesting is that? Exactly. Like yeah, there are so many. You right. So the thing, and this is what we introverts, particularly those of us and those who are listening right now. If you're an introvert, there are several things you have to know about yourself. Your huge advantage, your huge strength as an introvert is that you like you don't like to be the center of attention. This is actually an advantage. This is actually a strength, believe it or not. Because when, when you're talking to somebody and you're an introvert, what we introverts normally do is that we try to shift the attention from us to the other person, right? We try to make the other person talk so we don't have to talk. So as introverts, we would be asking questions and then we would be silent just to wait and see what the other person says. We're gonna be listening really carefully. We're gonna really internalize everything and continue the conversation very deeply, but we're gonna be constantly keeping the focus on the other person. Now you may be listening to this going like, okay, I don't get it, so why is it a strength? Well, the reason this is a strength is because this is exactly what you need to do when you're in front of an audience. Whether you're on stage, whether you are in a meeting, whether you are hosting or a guest on a podcast, whether you're recording a video, this is exactly what you need to do. You need to take the focus, shift the focus away from you and put it on your audience. And that does two things. Number one, when you shift the focus away from you and put it on your audience, you stop thinking about your fear because you're only focusing on your audience. And the second thing, when you're focusing on your audience, all your attention is on how can I enrich them in the most profound way, how I can impact them, how I can inspire them, how I can motivate them, right? The question stops being about what do they think of me, right? Which is what we all think. As soon as we step in front of an audience, the first question is not about the audience. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is about the audience, but it's a question that's very selfish. What do they think of me? We stand there focusing on ourselves, on our selfish insecurities, and on our fear. Whereas if we only shift the focus away from us and put it on our audience, what happens is that you begin to only think about your audience. So the question, what do they think of me, needs to change. And the question that you actually need to ask yourself, and you have to do it consciously, is that how do I want to make them feel? How do I want to make them feel? Because public speaking, and Diane, I'm sure you'll agree with me because you've done a lot of it. Public speaking is not about you as a speaker. Mm -hmm. Public speaking is all about your audience. The best public speakers are givers, right? And so as introverts, it actually comes natural to us to not focus on us. So we actually naturally can shift that focus. Even when we're scared, we can shift that focus consciously, put it on the audience, and then spend the whole time only thinking about the audience. What can I say to make them 
be more inspired? What can I say for them to understand it better? What examples can I give to make it a little more um, easier to comprehend? What can I do? What can I say? How can I teach them? How can I, what can I give them to transform them so that they're completely different by the time I finish talking? So that's, I think, is our biggest, biggest strength as introverts. We just have to think about it differently. We just have to understand that that things that we may perceive as a weakness, that we don't like to be the center of attention, could be our biggest strength. I totally, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's one of the things that I say to people um, about networking Mm -hmm. that introverts make the best networkers because they don't want to talk about themselves. So they're going to ask a question and they're going to be quiet. And that's <laughs> what people want. <laughs> so it works out perfectly for everybody. You are so right. You're so right. You, yes, introverts make the best networkers because the worst networkers are usually extroverts because they just cannot shut up. They just talk, 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 right? right. They just exactly. keep on talking about themselves and that yep you know, major gift to the world that they are, whereas yeah. introverts usually go in a shadow. I mean, a lot of introverts, of course, granted, and that's why you're teaching it, because a lot of introverts wouldn't even want to talk to anybody. They would just want right. to back off. They won't go, right. They won't exactly. go. But when you're yeah. there, I always recommend find somebody who looks just as unsure and uncertain yeah. as you are, because they're probably <laughs> an introvert. <laughs> I know, that's so funny. I do too. Right. And then, Save their life. Right, exactly. Save their life, save your life. And then, and, and you know how it works. You start speaking as an introvert. When you speak in a group, you really don't want to be the center of attention. So you really let yeah. other people speak. But when you right. speak one-on-one, -on -one, again, you let the other person speak. But all of a sudden, because you're listening so well, right? Because we're so thoughtful generally, and we, we like to internalize things. We usually ask really good questions. And we take that conversation usually to a lot, to a much deeper level. Yeah. We don't really like to stay on the surface and, and do the little talk. It's just not our style. And right. that's why when we come to a networking event, if we do everything right, if we just go and talk to that one person or only talk to three people, we're going to yeah. make a better connection, a deeper connection, a long-term connection with those three people than if we were jumping from person to person, picked up, you know, collected 50 business cards and walked yeah. away without actually knowing, getting to know anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. But Absolutely. you know, let me go back real quick to Elvis Presley because I just sure. want to make, I have another point I want to make about introverts. And yeah. that is very, something that you really have to think about as an introvert is you have to remember, I, I drain. I drain in front of people and I need mm -hmm. to recharge. And so what I usually recommend, particularly speaking about networking events, that's what reminded me, if you are an introvert, if you're still very uncomfortable with public speaking, I do not recommend going and mingling with people right before you have to go and like go on stage and talk to them. And the reason I don't recommend mingling with people, even though there is a school of thought that says, well, you get to know them, they become less of strangers. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But I also think that you're going to drain yourself mm. by trying to network and yeah. then you go on stage drained. You cannot do that. You have to be completely recharged. And so what Elvis Presley did, which is a little known fact, he would park, he would have his trailer parked about 1,000 feet away from where the entrance was to the venue, 
way he was performing. And so right before he had to perform, he would walk from his trailer alone or as alone as he could be, and he wouldn't talk to anybody. He would be completely focused, completely silent. And he would just walk mm. there. And why was he doing it? Because he wanted to recharge his batteries as much as possible. So when he stepped on that stage, looked into the audience, gave him gave them the, his famous smile, he was ready to give 110% to his audience. Yeah. And he did every single time. Huh. But in order to do that, he actually had to recharge his batteries. And he knew, he knew that the only way he could do it was to be alone. And so that's why he had this, that the, the system that he pretty much put in place. And you have to think of a system for yourself. You have to think of how can I recharge my batteries before I go out there so that I'm very fresh, that I'm fully ready and energetic and prepared to go out there and give, give my audience everything that I have because I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift the focus away from me to my audience so I'm ready to give them everything I have and then be prepared to go and recharge again. So you definitely wanna have some system around this. You have to think this through. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's so interesting. So um, some people think that uh, they should like mimic someone who they admire, someone who they think is a good speaker. Uh, you know, they should try and be like them. And, uh, I remember a woman saying to me years ago, I want to be just like you. And I said to her, no, you don't. You don't. You want to be you. Like, you can't, it's like impossible to do. But what are your thoughts on that, Victoria? My goodness, I'm, I'm so in agreement with you on this. And it's so funny. I had people come up to me and say, oh, I want to be just like you when I grow up. You know, <laughs> kind of yeah, as a half right. joke. <laughs> but I would say exactly what you say. No, you don't want to be like me when you grow up. When you grow up, I want you to be like you. I think this notion that we need to be like somebody else doesn't come to us because we really do want to be like somebody else. I think deep inside, we do want to be ourselves. But we are all most of us, I should say, very insecure about who we are. And that's where that famous imposter syndrome comes in, right? Even yeah. people who have achieved so much in their lives, you know, you could be running a seven, eight figure business, but you are still insecure about who you are. Everybody and I'm, I'm absolutely sure everybody has some degree of this imposter syndrome. And because we're a little bit insecure about who we are, very often we feel, well, maybe if I was just like that person who seems to be really admired and really respected, maybe if I just pretended to be like that person, then maybe my audience will like me more. But here is the thing. How long can you pretend for? This is a lot of effort to stand there for an hour, right? Let's say you are there for an hour. To stand there for an hour the whole time pretending to be, you know, Marie Forleo or Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And you are not them. 
And what you're missing is that the reason that they are this amazing influences, amazing speakers, amazing personalities just in general is because they never compromised who they were. They always being themselves. And when you're trying to be them, you're doing yourself a huge disservice and you're doing your audience a huge disservice because number one, you cannot hold that pretense for a long time. You're going to slip anyway and your audience will hear the fakeness. They will see the fakeness. And number two, only when you are truly yourself, you can deliver a really impactful talk. And the reason I say that is because if you, even if you think about you and me, right? So let's say somebody told us, Diane Victoria, go on stage and give this presentation. This is a topic. This are the bullet points you're going to cover. And you have 20 minutes, right? And you and I mm -hmm. will go on stage with exactly the same topic, exactly the same 20, exactly the same <laughs> bullet points. But you and I are going to deliver it completely differently. Why? Right. Because we are very different. We have different experiences. We have different background, different expertise, different life stories that we can come up with, right? And it doesn't matter that one is different from the other. And it doesn't mean that one is going to be better than the other, right? right. What's going to happen is that our presentations are going to be impactful, inspiring, and different in its own way. And there is an audience that's going to connect more with one or the other. And if you're constantly pretending, you will never find your audience. Because the whole point of being yourself is that you can attract the right people and repel the wrong people. They may not be the wrong people in general, but they're the wrong people for you. Right. And in order to build an audience, in order to build a following, in order, particularly if you're doing it online, if you're an online entrepreneur, it's extremely important to be yourself. You want to attract the people who will be your people in the long term. And you want to repel people who won't be your people. And when you're fake, you're going to attract the wrong people. And then you're going to continue to try and keep that fake facade just because now people expect that. So I hmm. am a big believer in being genuine, mm -hmm. in being authentic. Not everybody will like you. I just, right. just want to be upfront with you. Not everybody will like you. And that's okay. Because you know what? You don't need billions of people to like you. You just need that group of people who are your people to like you. And again, the only way they're going to like you if you're being yourself. And if people don't like you, that's fine. They're going to find somebody that they can connect a lot better with. But your people will find you. Right? It's very, very important. It really is. It really is. I, I so value that <clears throat> conversation because people, number one, they they can smell when people aren't being genuine and authentic. Totally. And so it, it doesn't get you the result that you think you're going to get, you know, trying to be someone else. And you really only want to attract the people who it, you're going to want to be around. Yes. And are going to want to be around you. And it's not going to be everybody. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the worst thing that's going to happen to you, and I'm sure a lot of people experienced it, is when you attracted somebody wrong and you know they're wrong and you still go and work with them and then you suffer the whole time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because, yeah, that's happening. It's happening all the time, unfortunately. Yes. That, that is exactly right. Yeah. And it's happening to all uh, of us. Yeah, and it's and yeah. it's not just you know, and and it, it may happen even when you're being genuine, but it it will happen a lot less when you being yourself because those people who are probably not right for you, they're probably not even gonna like you. So, let them go work right. with somebody else. Exactly. That's exactly. So, okay, I'm gonna take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have thousands of titles to choose from, as well as podcasts, Audible originals, uh, guided meditations, and more. One of my favorite audiobooks is Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller. He was a guest on this podcast. It's a great book. Um, and one of the things that I love about Audible is that I can listen to it anywhere and across devices. So like I could listen to it in my car and then I could listen to it in my kitchen and you know it's just uh, really um, flexible with my lifestyle. And I think that's something that you're probably going to like too. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth to explore the variety of audiobooks and programs for yourself. Today we are speaking with Victoria Lyaznianski, hopefully I did that right the second time, yep. about conquering the fear of public speaking. Okay. Um, if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, um, I don't, you know, I've tried being in front of people. I felt like I was being judged by the people in the room. I guess my question is twofold. One is, um, do you think people are judging the person who's speaking? And what can people like the speaker do to not feel judged in front of an audience? Oh, that is such a big question. Well, second one is such a big question. First one is very easy. I don't think people are judging at all. And if you, and you, and it's hard to think this way when you're thinking of you in front of an audience, but now I want you to change that and just think of you in the audience. So think of all the times you've been in the audience. Most of the time when you are in the audience, you're either really excited about what you're about to hear because you, I don't know, maybe you bought tickets for this, or maybe this is the presentation that you've been looking forward to. You, all you want is you just want to get as much information, inspiration, education as you can. You're not there judging just because you expect whoever is presenting to be an expert, right? It's just our natural assumption. They on stage, we in the audience. We already see them as an expert. That's number one. Number two, let's say presentation was boring and you're not interested. You're not gonna be sitting there judging like, oh, I don't like this. No, you know what you're gonna be sitting doing? I wonder what to cook for dinner today, or what should I do this week? <laughs> you are not going to be judging regardless so how it true. goes. Get over yourself. Nobody cares all that much. I know, it's, it's like it's harsh, but that's the truth. You yeah. know, people just 
we think people are judgmental, but people have their own life and they worry about their own things. There are things that sometimes we, we feel like there is a valid concern. And so I'll give an example of somebody who speaks with an accent like myself, right? I have a lot of students for whom English is not their first language and they're really, really concerned about this. But I speak with an accent, but they hear it. Of course they're judging. And just like with everything else, what I want to remind the listeners right now is that even if, even if they were sitting there judging, that judging would last for about three seconds, okay? Then you open your mouth, you start speaking, and it's all about your message. It's all about your message. You may have an accent, and it may be an accent that your audience may not even be used to, you know, something unusual, but then they get used to the accent. They don't notice it anymore. It's all about the message. It's all about what you're saying. I've had students ask me, well, I don't have um, a loud voice. I don't project. I, I feel like that's a huge issue and my audience will be judging me for that. And I always think back to those speakers who don't project, who have a quiet voice. And you've seen examples of that in TED Talks. If you really? that, yeah, um, Elizabeth Gilbert comes to mind. She's oh. not a very loud person. I don't know if you've ever heard her interviews or her speaking on stage. She's not particularly like loud into the audience, but even when she speaks calmly and quietly, everybody listens hmm. because it is not about how you look. It's not about how you move or how you say. The biggest thing, the biggest thing is what you're saying and how what you're saying benefits your audience. That's the biggest thing. Your audience will forgive you everything else as long as they get a huge value out of what you're saying. And it could be educational, but it could be also inspirational, right? It could be motivational. So you have to remember that your message and what you're saying and how you're, you're saying it in a way that your audience benefits from it the most is going to outweigh everything else that's happening, right? This is the most okay. important thing. And so that's why the question of, oh, are they judging me, is so not relevant. They cannot yeah. be judging you and at the same time utterly enjoying what you're saying. You have been in the audience, you know that's not possible. You're either really engrossed in the presentation and you're really, really interested, or you're thinking about something else entirely. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to use your logic on this. You have, you have to just remember mm -hmm. that this is, this is the truth. But the second question, how can you stop thinking that? And truthfully, the only way, the only way you can go out there and stop thinking about your audience judging you is to focus on your audience. That's the only way. Because there is nothing you can do 
you can, I mean, no, there are a lot of things you can do beforehand. You really, and I teach that in my programs, but even putting all of that aside, everything that you do to work on your self-esteem, on being the best self in front of the audience, on building up your confidence, even if you put all of that aside, and today, today, you had to go in front of an audience. And if you don't know anything else, if you just implement this one thing, I guarantee you're not going to experience as much fear as you normally do. If you go out there today and you step up and you only focus on your audience, only focus on your audience and how you're benefiting them, how you're transforming them with what you're saying, your brain won't be able to focus on two things at once. You cannot focus on you thinking, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm, I'm a fraud, I don't know enough, they must be judging you, and focus at the same time on how can I make this the best possible experience for my audience, right? You either focus on one, or your brain either focuses on one or it focuses on the other. So you have to make a conscious decision today. So when, if you have to talk anywhere today, make a conscious decision. I am not going to think of anything else but my audience. You don't even need to tell yourself, oh, I'm not gonna think about my fear. No, as soon as you tell yourself, I don't wanna think about my fear, you immediately think about your fear, right? No, you're not gonna say that. All you're gonna say is that I am only going to focus on my audience today, and that's it. I'm gonna be making eye contact, I'm gonna be trying to make it into a conversation, not a presentation, not a lecture, a conversation between me and people who are just like me, but they happen to see it in the audience, or they happen to be listening to me on this live stream, or they happen to be watching my video. I'm gonna make it into a conversation, and all I'm gonna focus on is how I can make this conversation the most amazing, the most beneficial, the most transformational for my audience. That's all I'm gonna think about. And when you do that, after you finish, you're gonna think back and you're gonna realize, oh, I wasn't as scared today. And the reason for it is because your brain focuses on your audience. That is the best advice. I think that is dead on. You get out of your own head, you think about what the other people need and want and what you're going to do for them, and your brain can't think of two things at once. I think that is terrific. Thank you. Now, I have a question for you um, about filler words, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them like verbal tics. Like I have one where I will say okay a lot. It's really annoying. So what do we do to stop doing things like that? Okay, so my answer is going to be a little unusual because thing number one, again, if you are delivering a powerful message and you occasionally have those filler words, your audience is going to ignore them. Hmm. Okay. They are not going to focus on your filler words when they are completely engrossed in what you are talking about. And if you don't believe me, I encourage you to go right now, Google any TED talk, and out of five TED talks, three are gonna have somebody who's using some filler words. And you will realize that you haven't even heard them, or you wouldn't have heard them unless I told you to actually listen for them. So that's number one. 
if you're not, if you're using something in every sentence, like, right? Like a lot of us say, like to say, and oh my gosh, and then I picked it up from my 13 year old. And now I'm saying like a lot more than I do. (laughs) So if you know that you say the word like, or you say, okay, in literally every sentence, yes, that would be annoying. Then you need to work on it. Okay. And we're going to talk about it. But if it's not that big of a problem, if people don't come to you and say, uh, Diane, you know that you say okay in every sentence. Like if people don't come to you with that, then it's probably not that big of a deal, okay? So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to focus on your message because when you start focusing on saying or not saying your filler words, particularly, particularly when you're not very experienced yet and you're not confident yet, then your whole message just gets broken and you're no longer thinking about your audience, right? It's just, it's just not happening. Now you're back in your head thinking about yeah. you, your filler words. Now you're back into thinking, oh, I'm not good at this. Now they're judging me, right? You're right back where you started. So right. that's why I wouldn't start from that. Like that wouldn't be my first thing I would be fixing in anybody. Okay, so the first thing you need to focus is the message. Second thing is, again, you need to start thinking, um, how often do you really use it? And maybe either ask somebody who's not threatening, you know, a friend or somebody to just tell you honestly, or even record yourself and just speak, 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 and then listen without thinking about filler words, just speak, and then listen to the recording and just count and see what a big deal it is. If it's just a few here and there, your audience is not going to notice them. They'll forgive them. They they couldn't care less. If it's every sentence or every second sentence, you have a problem. You need to start working on it. It's, again, a little harder to work on this and not be in your head the whole time. But here is what you really need to try doing. And that may be while you're practicing and not while you're in front of an audience. Again, just to keep being focused on your audience. But when you're practicing, what I usually recommend is that you are waiting for that word to kind of start popping up, right? You're speaking, all of a sudden you, you're kind of catching yourself. And just before you say it, you pause. You literally pause. Like get that word out of your system, continue speaking. And try and do this while you're practicing as much as possible. Because what's going to happen, the, the thing number one is awareness, right? We're not, often we're not aware of those words yeah, that right. we're using them. And so what you want to make sure is that you're being aware. And that's why I don't do it in front of the audience. Just practice with it. Don't mm-hmm. go to your audience because then again, same issue we've just discussed. So when you're practicing, you're waiting, you're trying to be aware. So now as you're speaking, you're waiting for that, okay, to come up. You may miss it once, then you're going to be like, okay, now I'm going to listen. I'm really going to listen to it. And then as soon as it's coming up, you stop, completely pause. Not a single word, nothing is coming out of your mouth. And then you continue going. The thing with this is that not only you're gonna become more aware and you're gonna be catching them better, but when you pause, your audience doesn't really mind that pause, right? Because they think that that was meant to be, that you paused for emphasis. And pausing here and there is not a bad thing at all, even if you didn't mean it as a, you know, emphasis, but it gives your audience a chance to kind of, you know, take a breather for a second. Yeah. So right. when you pause, they don't see it as a mistake. 
they see it as an intentional pause. Hmm. And you appear, so you, you, you sound a little more like a, like a more thoughtful person in a way, right? You know how some people speak and they right. pause a little bit? They come across yeah. thoughtful. And that's how you're going to come across, even though all you were doing is trying to get rid of your K. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So that's my best advice. Is that's great. Try, Thank you. Be aware and replace it with yeah. a pause and do it while you're practicing. And only when you start getting really good at it, like catching it and pausing after when you practice, only then take it out to the audience. Because if you are, again, don't do yourself a disservice, you're going to get rid of your uh, filler words, or as I call them, weed words, but then you're not going to deliver the message the way you should deliver. And so then right. nobody really would care that you didn't say, okay, 25 times, what they're going to care about that you didn't make an impact that you were supposed to make. So, yeah. so focus on huh. what's important. Have your priorities straight. Okay. That's great. I, I really appreciate that. that that's really great. Um, okay. If there's someone, I've heard this one too from people where they say they're great one-on-one, -on -one, they have no problem talking to anybody, stranger, person on a bus, doesn't matter, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but they are immediately overwhelmed when they're in front of a crowd. So what can they do to get over that? feeling of overwhelm oh i have a great solution for you a lot of us are this way right particularly introverts again particularly introverts we're great at one-on-one -on -one conversations we get immediately overwhelmed when you have more than one even three people can overwhelm us let alone the huge audience and we all experienced it right we step in front of an audience and all we see is this huge ocean of faces, right? Right. We, we, yeah. we don't see people anymore. We see this threatening, scary mob <laughs> looking at us. And then we immediately go into the whole, you know, fear, imposter syndrome, the judging me thing, right? Right. So, right. so what you want to do, particularly if you're good at one-on-one, -on -one, is you want to approach your public speaking experience as one-on-one -on -one conversation. And here is how you do it. So you go in front of an audience and you don't look at them all like you normally do. Don't just look at them. Immediately, as soon as you're out, immediately find one person. Doesn't matter who. Doesn't need to be friendly face, whatever face. <laughs> just find one person, make eye contact immediately. Smile, right? You can smile in the beginning, kind of relax yourself. You know, relax, <clears throat> relax the crowd a little bit. Smile and start talking. Now what you're gonna do is you're gonna talk for maybe five to seven seconds to that one person. And as you're talking to that one person, you are truly only looking at that person. You truly, nobody else exists. You really are having a one-on-one -on -one conversation where the other person may not be replying, of course, but they may, may be giving you nonverbal feedback, right? Mm. They may be nodding, they may have smiled back at you when you smiled, they may be, you know, just staring at you in amazement because you just said something, or they may be laughing because you made a joke, right? They're giving you nonverbal feedback. So for five, seven seconds, you're just talking to that person and that person alone. You're having one-on-one -on -one conversation. Then you shift your gaze to a different person in the audience. You look only at them. You only make true 
true eye contact, like, like we would if you and I were meeting in real life and talking to each other, true eye contact with that person. And now you're speaking only to that person and nobody else exists. And now that person is giving you nonverbal feedback. And then after five, seven seconds, you look at another person and another person. And the whole time you're speaking one-on-one. -on -one. You never shift into one to many. You never shift into let me look at my whole audience and see how they are doing. Because if that overwhelms you, you're going to immediately go right back into I'm scared, they're judging me. I'm right. a fraud, I'm going to be fine, found out, right? You cannot go into that place. And the way you're not going to go that play, into that place if you stay in your one-on-one -on -one conversation. So remember, one person at a time. But it has to be genuine. It has to be genuine. If you are glazing, like if you're staring at a person but you're kind of glazing over, it's not going to yeah. help. You have to truly look at that person like you are making a one-on-one -on -one conversation. You're just chatting to that person and then you're chatting to another person, then you're chatting to another person. You're not going to stare at the same person the whole time. That's going to be weird. <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to shift your gaze every five to seven seconds. And that's going to achieve several things. Number one, it's going to make you feel a lot more comfortable because all you're doing is something you are very good at. And, you know, it's not scary for you. You're just making one-on-one -on -one conversation. But you have, to put, um, you have to put blinders on. You kind of have to, you know, not look at anybody else at that time. You have to forget that anybody else exists. You have to only talk to one person. But another thing this does is when you are, when you're having this one-on-one -on -one conversation, you actually begin to sound like you're having a conversation. And the audience responds to that. You know, the rest of the audience, all of a sudden, they, they feel it, they hear it in your voice. You're having a conversation. You're not lecturing them. You're having a conversation. You are connecting with your audience a lot better this way. Even though all you are doing the whole time is you're just trying to overcome, you know, overcome that overwhelm and just stay one-on-one. -on -one. Right. But there are so many benefits to that. Nice. Wow. That, that's a great point. Huh. So I really this, this is so interesting for me. <laughs> it really, it, seriously, it, it is, because these are great suggestions and, um, and it, it just, changes the focus, I guess, is what I'm getting out of this, that you just have to shift your focus uh, to other people, you know, away from yourself, get out of your own head, and um, it makes things a lot easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the key. That's the key. And again, you, you may think, you may think, oh, well, you know, may, I expected she would say something like so complicated and this is so easy. But yes, it is easy. <laughs> it is easy. It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole, that mindset shift is easy. Implementing it right. is hard. Yeah. It requires practice. But the actual concept is very, very simple. Everybody can understand it. But are you going to implement it? Because if you do, you're going to be on your way to overcoming your fear. Well, I'm really glad that you just said uh, it, it's um, easy, but you have to practice it. it. You know, it's something that you have to actually do and work on. It's not like flipping a switch because I, I think that is critically important. Yes, yes. And, and this is something that you really have to work on. It's a conscious thought. 
It's not, unco- yeah. it's not gonna come to you unconsciously. Oh, I'm not gonna think about myself. I'm gonna think about my audience. Actually, it right. will. Let me take it back. It will come to you right now. I, you know, I go in front of an audience. I don't have to think, oh, I need to focus on my audience. It's just, right. it's, it's natural. It's, it's, I, but when back in the time when I was completely traumatized and terrified and didn't wanna be in front of an audience, and I realized that this is a shift that I needed to make. Back then, it was conscious decision. I was stepping in front of an audience and telling myself, I'm only gonna think about them. But it will become natural, it will become a part of you. It will become an instinct. It's just, you go out and you just put all focus on your audience. It's, and it's, you know, it becomes an everyday thing. Right. Literally, you right. know, you don't, you don't just use it in public speaking, you use it everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is that a lot of people misunderstand the concept of you need to practice. And this may sound very unusual because you know how everybody says you need to practice. If you don't practice public speaking, you're not going to get any better. But here is the thing. Here is what I see a lot of people are doing. And I was guilty of the same mistake. I was doing it too. They keep on practicing the wrong things. (laughs) If you go and you keep on practicing all the while, trying to, you know, be, you know, trying to stop being scared and thinking about how you're scared, but you you think maybe on the 10th time, I won't feel this way. Newsflash for you. You will still feel uncomfortable. I've met people who have been given presentations for 10 years, similar presentations at work every couple of weeks. And they told me that I'm still extremely uncomfortable. I don't enjoy it at all. I wish I didn't have to do it. You would think that in 10 years they've had enough practice, but it's not about practicing. It's about practicing the right things. It's about practicing the right mindset. You can continue practicing wrong mindset until you're blue in the face. It's not gonna make any difference. You will become a little bit more confident, of course. It's not gonna make it any worse, but you're not gonna become a great speaker who's gonna go out there and just be intuitively deliver a great presentation, sometimes even without being prepared. You will never be that person unless you change your mindset, you implement a lot of different things that need to be implemented, and then you go and practice and practice and practice. Then you're going to get a lot better. Well, thank I mean, (laughs) I'm so glad that you said that uh, because – yeah, people practicing the wrong thing and then wondering why it's not getting any yeah. better. It's, it's, but, it's, I've yeah, been, right. but I've but been practicing. Right, right. <laughs> so great. Victoria, I really, I have enjoyed this conversation so much, and I appreciate you uh, joining me. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you, please? Absolutely. And I loved being here, Diane. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that your audience is going to go today. Go out there and start implementing this because you will see the difference. You absolutely will. And I want everyone, everyone to take that first step towards becoming a confident, compelling, and captivating speaker. And if you would like to learn more about me, if you would like to work with me, if you would like to uh, get some free training from me as well, you can go to my website, www.com byvictoriaL, L for my last name, dot com. Again, it's B-Y, Victoria L, 
www.ethicalcoachingcenter.com. And I also have a free masterclass that I'm doing and you can sign up with on, on my website. It's www.byvictoriaelp.com slash four steps. Four as number four steps, one word. That masterclass is all about overcoming your fear of speaking and delivering a powerful presentation in front of any audience. So I would love for you to sign up and I would love to see you inside of my masterclass. You're going to learn so much. <laughs> There's no question. And they got a good taste of what they can learn by uh, this conversation. So uh, and it's that a, is... And it's a free masterclass, sorry. Right. I forgot to mention. Right. I mean, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, you, you can't beat it. Uh, listeners, thank you as well. You are um, who I am doing this for. And I think for all of you who struggle with this whole idea of public speaking, this was another great episode for you to listen to maybe a couple of times, you know, reach out to Victoria, conquer that fear, because uh, you'll be in a much better place in your business. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. To get a free trial of Audible.com and explore all of the audiobooks and programs available to you, just go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Full send with the driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them all. The all-new TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern, engineered for more distance, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. Enviar nota de voz al group chat. Buenos días. ¿Quieren desayuno de McDonald's? Laura dice, sí, sausage McGriddles para mí. Ale dice, ya comí, pero me traes un hash browns. Love you. El, mi colega favorita, tío. Llévate todos tus favoritos de desayuno como un sausage McMuffin por unos pocos dólares. Solo en el one two three dollar menu de McDonald's. Precios y participación pueden variar. No puede ser combinado con un combo meal. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right?